You're listening to Soul Roadmap, episode 31. Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week, you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hello, how are you doing today? I hope you are having a fantastic day. Mine is starting out great. I just got a bunch of things organized. I'm feeling on top of things. And now I am sitting down to record this podcast. And I was inspired to record this podcast about how to make friends by Nicole Walters, who recently did a great Instagram live about friendship as an adult. It was incredibly honest, and I wanted to give her a shout out, but I also wanted to give my own take on this because I come from a very different perspective. And if you are not already on Instagram, go there. I'm there. I'm at dina.cataldo, and there I share a lot of information. I share a lot of stories. I share a lot of what's going on in my life and what's coming up for my life. (laughs) And um, if you're not there already, come over. It's at dina.cataldo. I'll link to it in the show notes. But she has a great group of gals there, and I am starting to create a community there as well. So I'd love to see you there. I initially recorded this podcast just intending to talk about friendships, but I am adding a bonus section about the words that we use. So stay tuned after we talk about friendships. I want to talk to you about how we use our words. Now, I don't have kids or a husband, which automatically kicks me out of two friend groups. One, those who are always double dating, and two, moms who have playdates. I'm 38 years old, and I have amazing friends, a lot of them who have husbands, children, full-time jobs, and zero time to hang out, which I totally get because I may not have kids, but I have a full-time legal career. I create this podcast. I'm creating an online program for lawyers. I have a dog, a cat who needs attention, and a mom living with me. Well, not just a mom, my mom, who I prioritize as well. That doesn't leave a lot of time to create more friends. And I belong to communities that are both online and in real life that I love. And I want to talk about those. But I wanted to answer a few questions. What do you do when you're short on time and still want to create future friendships? Why focusing on friendships matter? How did I make the friends I have? How do you make new friends? How are you in your friendships? What happens when a friend goes MIA? What am I doing right now to reinforce connections with my friends? These are things that you can consider in your own life. And what do I do to create new connections? So I have ideas and I have some practical advice that I mean is going to be awkward, but you're going to have to do it if you want to make new friends. And I'm just going to get started. First off, let's define friendship. All right. So for me, my personal definition of friendship is not being joined at the hip. 
They're there when you need them, when you want to share events with them and share special times with them, when you need somebody to listen, and when you need somebody there to support you when something has gone wrong in your life or sharing something fantastic. I have in real life friends that I can count on night and day. I completely trust them. I would trust them with anything. And I make new friends in real life too by the way that I am in my life. And I'm very fortunate for that. And I'm very grateful for the friends that I have. And I think that gratitude comes into play into some of the things that we're going to talk about today. I also belong to a community online. So you'll notice that I interview a lot of people on my podcast and I meet those people through in real life events. So I go to different events that focus around my interests. And when I do that, I meet like-minded people. I meet people who aren't like-minded, but have something interesting to say. I meet some really fantastic people. And keeping that in mind as a criminal prosecutor, like remembering like most people are amazing people, is something that I find essential to go out and meet people that are not criminal prosecutors because it keeps me sane. Honestly, being around lawyers who are involved in the criminal justice system, being involved in the criminal justice system daily, going to court, seeing people doing horrible things to themselves and others, it can take a toll on your brain. And this podcast, my business, it's a respite. So that defines friendship for me. I don't need to have somebody joined at the hip. I need somebody I know is going to be there. I need people I know who can count on me because then I don't feel like I'm a true friend if they can't count on me. So I need to be sure that I am making time for them. And you have to put work into it. And you have to have amazing friends who are understanding of what's going on in your life. And the other person has to put in the work too. Focusing on friendships matter. When we don't have those key relationships, who's going to take care of you when you're down, when you need some help? And we do need help. And I think it took me a long time to recognize that because I was raised in such a way that, you know, my dad didn't want me to need help. And so that meant that I became ultra independent. And the only time I really broke down to ask for help was when I needed to go to chemotherapy sessions and go to surgery. Those were things that I was fortunate enough to have friends who could do it. But I have to tell you, I made an amazingly close friend, Megan, who is someone who I can count on for anything. And the only reason that we became such close friends is because I asked for help. I needed help. I asked for it. That's what you have to do. That's one of the awkward things you have to do is get over yourself and recognize when you need help and recognize when you need somebody to be there for you. All right. So how did I make the friends that I have? Well, Megan, of course, is one example of me getting over myself and just asking for help from somebody who was an acquaintance. You know, we'd hung out a little bit, but I just asked. and other friends that I've made, it's been either through other people. Megan has an incredible friend group, so I've made a lot of friends through her. But I also make friends at work, friends that I'll see outside of work. 
who have interests outside of work. (laughs) And I also made friends going to events where people who are interested in some of the same things I'm interested in show up. And they want to talk to people who are interested in things that they're interested in or learn new ideas. And it's, you know, you can go to these things, find something that you're interested in and just go. And that's how you make new friends. I mean, when you want to create a friendship, those are the exact same things that you do. You ask for help when you need it. You find people who have common interests and you hang out with them. You just start talking to them. And you go to events where people have things that you all have in common. Okay, some ideas. Find a book club. Better yet, create one because then you can read the books that you want to read. You can invite people like acquaintances that you've met at your yoga studio or post something on social media. You might find some people who you're acquainted with on social media that might actually want to meet up and do something like this. They have meetup.com. I have never used it, but I have heard other people use it and they meet really cool people. There's a lot of people with common interests who want to hang out and talk about them. There's all kinds of subjects on there. You can probably find somebody who's interested in macrame or books or writing. I know that there's something about writing on there. So just check it out. If you work at home and you want to find a way to meet people to have conversations about business, go to one of the local coffee shops regularly to work or go to a co-working place that looks social. And the reason I suggest coffee shops is there's always somebody working at a coffee shop and you can strike up a conversation. Okay, so here's where some of the awkwardness comes in is you actually have to do some work here. You actually have to talk to people. And I know that there are maybe introverts listening, but you have to go out there and you have to talk to people. There's lots of easy ways to strike conversations with people. If you're not used to it, you can compliment them on their clothing. You can, you know, stop and pet their dog, you know, something like that. Just you have to get outside of yourself in order to do this. Now, as far as the co-working places go, I'd visit a few of these to see if there's one that has a good vibe for you because they're all very different. They may have events you can attend for a nominal fee or you can rent a space there. Go to places regularly. Go to yoga, go to coffee shops, go to museums that you know are in your hometown. There are lots of ways to meet people. You're bound to meet someone that you're going to strike a conversation with, and you may just like them enough to ask them to have a doggy play date or something like that. Volunteer for a cause that you're interested in. I have one friend who joined Ultimate Frisbee, and she knows a ton of people. So just go out there, find something that interests you, and you are sure to make friends. Now, what do you do when you get a friend? Then what do you do to keep them? Well, you have to reinforce those connections with your friends. Recently, I made a commitment to myself to reach out to my friends and have lunch with them. I'm very fortunate to have some friends who work near where I work so I can grab lunch with them. It's a little more difficult now because they're all a bit spread out, but since they work near me, it's a little bit easier to at least get lunch or coffee or something like that. So what happens when a good friend goes MIA? I do have one friend who is currently neck deep in work right now because she started a new legal position, but I continue to harass her until she finally showed proof of life. And I know eventually we are going to find time to get together. It's just a matter of time. And right now we've got a lot on our plate and a phone call is going to have to do for now. 
just know that friends go through different cycles in life and it's a reality. People get married, people have children. It's natural. It's just another phase of life. And if they have time for you, if they are true friends, they will make time for you. And that's how you know that they are truly your friend. I recently recommitted to connecting with my friends simply because I'm the one who can't go to certain things like little get togethers for the bachelor because I go to bed at 8.30. I show up maybe at eight, hang out for a half hour or an hour, and then I go home. But my friends completely understand. I still get invited to weddings and Halloween parties and lunch with the girls when we can. I mean, if they are your friends, they are going to understand these things. And when you are showing an effort to come to them, to ask them to go out, they see that. All right, here's where it gets awkward. And this is what I really appreciated about Nicole Walters. You have to put yourself out there. You have to. Now, if you're in a place where you need to make new friends because your old friends have broken off into a new world, it takes vulnerability to do that. You have to show your hand, right? Like, hey, I like you. I think we have a lot in common. Do you want to hang out? I mean, those are the words you have to use. Something to that effect. I mean, it's not easy to do because one of our biggest fears is being rejected, right? It's like being out on the schoolyard and saying, hey, I would like to be your friend and you're afraid they're going to say no. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe they'll say, you know, I don't have time. That's okay. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't say anything about you. It's just you haven't found your friend yet. Now, if you want some talking to about vulnerability in Soul Roadmap number 28, about lessons learned from Brene Brown, who researches and breaks down how to be vulnerable for a living, you can listen to that. And I'll link to that in the show notes. She also talks about belonging in her book, Braving the Wilderness, which I'll link to in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 31. So there you have it. Those are some tips to create connections. And you hear over and over again that it's difficult to make friendships after you hit a certain age. And that might be true. I haven't experienced that myself. I've actually created some of the best friendships that I've ever had in my life in the last decade. So these are things that can be created, that can be built. And when we get into that frame of mind where, oh, it's so difficult to make friends after a certain age, well, then of course it's going to be difficult. But when you know that you bring a lot of good qualities to the table and you're willing to put yourself out there and you're willing to be there for another person, you're a good friend. And who wouldn't want to have a good friend in their life? Now, they may not have time to be joined at the hip with you, so that might just require some change in your expectations of what a friend is. But to have a friend doesn't mean being joined at the hip. That's not what it means to me. To me, it's having someone in your life who you can depend on after you haven't talked to for months. For me, it's knowing that my really good friend who is currently working you know, 80 hours a week at her practice is going to be there when she looks up from her desk. That's just the way it is. That is a tried and true test. All right, so go out there, make some friends, and tell me how you do. But I have a bonus section for you. This is something that I wanted to add on to this section about friendships and the language that we use to define things. The words that we use every single day impact 
the results that we get. And the reason for that is because words impact our thoughts. Our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings create our actions and our actions create our results. So I want to talk to you about 99 mantras because they're my favorite 99 mantras that I've created just for you. And I had a conversation with Ryan Francis last week and he made comment about how he didn't believe in mantras, but then we clarified, look, This is the reality of how to use them. And, you know, if you use them right, then you are going to have an impact. So here's the thing about mantras. They're fantastic if you use them right. Now, if you are just looking in the mirror and saying, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, that isn't going to feel right. Because if you're not in a place where you believe that, then it's going to feel really bad. Like you're going to feel what's called cognitive dissonance. And that's when your thoughts aren't matching up with your words. And when you're saying these things to yourself, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty to try to improve your self-esteem or something like that, then you're going to come up with this cognitive dissonance. And, you know, I do a whole podcast on cognitive dissonance, so I'm going to hold off on that. But When you begin to think about things that you really want in your life, like really focus on them, then you can start changing your vocabulary to match what you want. And part of creating 99 mantras, which you can get on the website at dinacataldo.com forward slash 31, and it's totally free, is to start creating the language that you use intentionally to influence the words that you use every single day to start changing your results. And that's something that I recognize when I'm you know, out in the world, the words that I use, the way that I am in the world, it's all influenced. If I am using positive words to describe my situation, things become more positive. And that's just the way it goes. That's the reality of the situation. So if you want to start learning how to use affirmations, you can call them mantras, you can call them reminders. I kind of like the word reminders because it's really simple. It's a little reminder to your brain. Hey, there's another way that I can frame this situation. And I actually do a whole training on how to use these 99 mantras that I talk about in the free audio training. And there's also a free PDF and it's all about 99 mantras. All right. I hope you have a fantastic week. Grab 99 Mantras at the website. It's also called 99 Affirmations and start changing your world because when you start changing your thoughts, you're going to change your results. I promise. All right. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Soul Roadmap. If you have a moment, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe, rate, and left an honest review on iTunes. I read every single review, so let me know what you want to hear more or less of, and I'll talk to you next week.